may not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education. Beebidi-boo, doot-doodle-doo, da pow Welcome to A Real Education Noir. I am Melissa, and I am joined by... Allie. And... Tanya! Yay, it's a full crew today! Woohoo! And today we are watching a movie called Odd Man Out. What do we know about this movie? Um, it's not the odd couple? It is not the odd couple. I can confirm that. Okay, that's that's about <laughs> all I got. Um, Tanya? I feel like it should have an old dude in it. Mm-hmm. There, there probably is an old dude in it. I can't specifically remember, but I'd say <laughs> odds are, odds are, there's, there's probably an old dude, an old dude and, somewhere. And he's probably white. Yeah, yes. He's probably mm-hmm. white. I, white I will film. go with you on that one. Mm, yeah, probably. good, good. Um, odds are good. Somehow, I, hmm, I don't know. I want to say courtroom drama, but that. Okay. Like, I okay. want to say there's a courtroom. Okay. But I could be totally off. <laughs> What what's the year on this one? It is nineteen forty seven. Okay, I'm gonna say snappy suits. Ooh, fedoras. Oh, Call it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I got. <laughs> all right, dear listeners. Uh, Odd Man Out is nineteen forty seven noir. It is not American. It is British. Ooh. And stars James Mason. <gasps> James Mason. James Mason. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. So so we're going back into British noir. Um, it is. I, I have. I've seen it before, but only once, so I'm a little foggy on the details. But the it it's set in a very interesting political climate, uh-huh. and I think you guys are going to be really interested in it. And it's very well directed. It is directed by the same guy who did The Third Man, which is oh. one of the you know the great highlights yes. of all noir, and one that we will assuredly do someday. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So we're going to go off and watch a movie, dear listeners. Um, I encourage you to find it. Right now it is uh, streaming on Amazon for a mere $3 rental, so it's pretty easy to get your hands on. So we're going to watch it, and we will be right back after a couple seconds. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody. What did you think? That movie movied really, really hard. <laughs> that was a lot of movie. It really, really was. I kept going, it's got to be almost over by now, right? Like, what more could they possibly do? It crams but, so much plot in two hours. Yeah, yeah, it really does. And yeah. it, it wasn't wasn't a commentary against the film. It just, it felt like it was, because so much was happening, it felt like an extra mm. long movie. Mm-hmm. She's like, has it been four hours? I don't understand. How did they do all this? <laughs> and it's not a typical plot either. No. It's not like step A, step B, you know, like tropes mm-hmm. that you normally see. Tanya? Tanya has... Do you ever watch the same movie? <laughs> I, it was... I mean, I, I, I agree. It felt like it was four hours. <laughs> that was because nothing happened. <laughs> a lot happened. It just meandered its way through it. 
True. I got bored. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. not okay. that it was bad, mm-hmm. but I got bored. Okay. No, I can, I can understand that. Parts of it grabbed me more than others. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I really liked the two ladies that picked him up yep. off the street. Oh, yeah. I loved them. I wanted more of them. Mm-hmm. I And, like, I liked the little character studies as it went along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But by the time they got to the end where they just decided to hammer the religion into you. That was weird. Yeah. I was, no, it, I could tell it was going there. As soon as well, they mentioned, I mean, Irish Catholic, Father Tom. Right. I mean, but then quoting the Bible and just all over, like. Yeah. I yeah no yeah. I because but but it, but I feel like it didn't end on a religious note. No, I no, mean, there was the well beyond. It didn't say it did, but well, you know what Father Tom was getting at. Father Tom was the last resort, and mm-hmm. like it. Uh, yeah, it, I just got annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. I mean, it was it was of its time, and mm-hmm. the performances were great, and the subtlety was great, and the way they shot it was great. Yeah. Well, and I feel like if you if you set a movie during that time frame and embed it within that particular that, conflict, yes. a religious angle is almost unavoidable. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Right. I figured that yeah. was going to go there. I just didn't want it to go there as hard as it did. Mm-hmm. Which is my own now least, modern sentiment. At least it, if it had been, like, consistent, it would have bothered me less. Because well. it, it kind of, like, even though you know it's going to end up there, it felt like when it finally hit that it was, like, kind of shoehorned almost with, with the sudden lucidity and quoting the Bible. Yeah. That part, it was like... I'm sorry, did you have a quota to fill? Like, did yeah. you have to get well, a Bible person and that's how you decided see, to do it? Kinda, but, but I feel like that that, that, that particular great. Well, because yeah, suddenly you've got James, James Mason, Mason. Like, act the shit out of this yes. James Mason. Yes. yes. But I, Which I she love, did. And I yeah. love this selection of that particular quote, you know, ending in I am nothing. Yeah. Because we, we talked a bit while we were watching the movie about James Mason isn't actually a protagonist. He's a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. He becomes, he becomes a MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Yeah. Because he's he's just this object. His body is just this object being handed around amongst but all these characters. But is it his body or his soul? Which is what the artist and the doctor end up arguing about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is like the, the artist is like, no, it's his soul. And that's what's the worth of him. And, mm-hmm. the, and the doctor was like, no, it's his body. And that's what we need to save. And like that's still sell. And like what's salvageable and what isn't. And right. Like, and that was cool. I mm-hmm. liked that sort of existential end to it. Yeah. Yeah. And like the whole, like, by the end, I mean, he's a dead man. There's no. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. They get yeah. on that boat. He's a dead man. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Which was cool, except then they put the religion on. I'm like, well, that's not exactly going to help anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Now, so. And I mean, what I did not like about the ending. Kathleen, seriously, ride or die, you don't have to do it. <laughs> That's true. Way That's too true. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you don't got to do yeah. that. Yeah. I am glad that she I mean, made she, a choice. Yes, it was on her own terms. And, mm-hmm. and she stuck with it. She mm-hmm. was not. And it was not what he wanted for no. her. No. He didn't want them to go out together. He no. wanted her to save herself. Yes. So to that part, at least she had. Total agency yes. in that. It was all her. But I was like, ah. And police still kill people. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she did shoot first. That, that was true. She to did, be fair. She did. Mm. 
but, so, it went, but it was suicide by police. Yes, yes, you know? exactly. By cop. Yeah, it was not her trying to get out. It it is the yes. I need you know she we're just, in yes. this together. Uh, we're gonna Thelma and Louise this thing. Yeah. <laughs> For a second, I thought like she was already dying before she pulled out the gun because of the way they shot her hand and like it did the mm. release and slow let go thing. Yeah. Which I was like, wait, what? How did? That they shoot her and not tell us? Because, like, like, they'll do that dramatic dying right, yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. And I was like, wait, but you did that before you got shot. How does that work? Yeah. It was just the, Unless the that symbol. Was her soul it was her symbolic letting go. Yeah. Okay, this of is, like, this yeah, is this is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I loved the painter guy. Oh, oh my God. That Robert was fun. Newton is amazing. Oh, no, what Robert that Newton second and billing. Anytime. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was, I'm like, you're not in the film that long. No. Nope. And you got second billing. No, when when you have Robert Newton, Robert Newton, Newton's so hard. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah he is he always All up over. to 11. Yeah. Yeah. Always. He was great. And God, I love him. Yeah, and I, because I, his perspective on on the the body of the dude. Yeah. Like, and his, like, yeah. And that, that made, that made this movie almost worth watching to have his character come in with that perspective. Yeah. As opposed to it just being all these people trying to find their friend or whatever. Or Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, he's, he's a very different type of character. Yes. Coming in. And uh, by the way, do you guys realize who uh, Robert Newton is? Well, Probably not. I should. I probably he's, do, but probably not by name. He is Long John Silver. He's oh, like, shit! <laughs> Army mateys! Oh, my God! I'm an idiot! No, the reason we of think course. of pirates talking like, Army, I be a pirate, it's because of him. Yes. That makes it's so much sense It's because his now. performance in uh, Treasure Island yes. is so goddamn iconic yeah. that, that all of pop culture has latched onto him as the embodiment of a pirate. Oh, my God. Nice. Like prior to that, the whole R thing just didn't exist. Wow. <laughs> that's it is all him. Sorry, that's the sound of our minds being blown. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is how hard Robert Newton Robert, Robert Newton's. Newton's. Yeah. It's that yeah. Whenever you get him, he's he was like a kind of a Nicolas Cage of his time. You know? <laughs> it's it just all just oh my larger God. than life. Everything. Oh, true, what though. if they redid this movie? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> and he was Nicholas Cage oh, the, oh as God. the painter. Oh. I'd watch that. I would watch. that. I would watch the hell out of that. I really would. In be. a theater, I'd pay yeah. money to yeah. go see that. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how shitty the rest of the movie is. I no. would watch it for Nicholas Cage. Yeah. And I feel like Ed Harris would have be yeah. as a, the dead yes. man. Yeah. 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 Ed Harris, the would, Walking Dead man. Yeah. Mm. Who would you put as Father Tom? Like Kevin Spacey, maybe. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, he's he, he, have, like, a no, no, no. Gabriel Byrne's still around. Oh, okay. we, we have to do Gabriel Other, Byrne. Otherwise, you know, like I was watching him going, God, he's like a, he's like a Sam Larson looking motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like sitting there trying to think of who he looks like. I'm like, oh, Jack McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> and 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 the bar. Yes. Yeah, first of all, the surprise bar is William Hartnell. It's a yeah, surprise Doctor Who attending the bar, and which is something I kind of love. I'm so yeah. So, which one of those booths in the bar had the TARDIS in it? Ooh, good question. Or was the booth the TARDIS before was the, the chameleon? Was the bar circus? the TARDIS? Uh, the Bardis. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we need to make the Bardis happen. Oh, it's got to yes. happen. Wow. Yes. Room party. Oh. Up. 
Oh, I have a new house, dear listeners. Yeah, and I just pointed to the room at large and went, "Bardis." Yeah, so so we we paint the door into this attic yeah. as the Tardis. Yes. And walk in and it's bigger, it's on, the bigger on the inside. It's bigger on the inside. Bigger on the inside. It's filled. I do with have moves. a door that needs fixing. So I mean, really, yeah, this is perfect. Absolutely. We have brilliant, brilliant thoughts <laughs> of real education so, noir. And so then when any- we get our glass dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Yeah, really. Wow. So anyway, we're reeling it back to the bar. So the, the, the bar is the, the Crown Pub in Belfast. Yeah. Um, although that, they didn't actually film in there. It was a set that was replicated really? in London with a slightly well, different Well, I'm okay layout. with that. But yeah. That it was, was a beautiful, beautiful set. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I want to live in that bar. they make that CG now, and that just makes me sad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Literally, like, the pillars had dragon scales on them. Yeah. That's a sort It was of amazing. Yeah. It was, like, gilt doors. Like, your booth had a freaking door on it. Yeah, I love those boots. Yeah. I want to make those happen yes. here somehow. Yes. Yeah, loud bars. If I could close the world out and, yeah. like, hang out with my people. And, but, the, and the waiters could still, like, look in over yeah. the top, which yeah. was cool to see the fight inside. So you yeah. could, like, put two drunk guys and be like, $5 on the guy with the red shirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, Never beautiful. bet on the red shirt, though. No. No. Well, it's not Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, pre- it's Doctor Who. Doctor Who red shirts have a have a tendency to be okay. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so, so, yeah, William Hartnell. It, it's one of those. <laughs> I mean, this was what uh, twenty, almost twenty years prior to his role in. Uh, yeah, because it was like 40, 47, 48, You said when this made forty seven. This made? was nineteen forty seven, and yep. so you know we're looking at this guy. He's like, oh, I know those cheekbones. Yeah, exactly. I really know those cheekbones. <laughs> Ah, it's Doctor Who, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is something I did not catch the first time I watched. Nice, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, love no, it. I was sitting there like, oh, God, I know that voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those cheekbones. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. but and then and then as soon as you sit out, like, oh yeah, curl the hair out a little more. Boom. Yep. <laughs> yep. William Hartnell. Yay. Oh, oh. Bless him. Yeah. It, it, there are there are so many like little uh, little roles played by you know uh, fairly well known British and or even Irish actors. Um, in this movie, you know, most of them probably aren't very recognizable by us mm-hmm. these days, with the exception of Doctor Who, Robert <laughs> Newton. Right. And, of course, James Mason. James Mason. James Mason. Doing an Irish accent, oddly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that no, far well, off I mean, of it's, his usual it's accent. It's James Mason doing an Irish accent, yeah. so it's still yeah. James Mason. Right. But and, and he was quite pleasant to listen to, actually. Oh, he yeah. always is. Yeah. He has a little bit of a lilt to him. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It worked rather nicely for this. It, yeah. took me, it took me a minute to realize they were all Irish. <laughs> yeah, because this is a British film set yeah. in yeah. Ireland. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but it was actually really amused um, when we were watching the credit sequence. You know, Ellie had latched onto the clock tower. It's like Big Ben. No, it's no, it's it was the nice. other clock tower. Yes, the other <laughs> it's one. the Albert Memorial clock tower, yes. which is a fixture of Belfast, and they look very, very similar. Yes, well, and especially just in a painting in a title card, right? right. So, and you you see like, a tower with a clock. In there's it, a clock ben. tower, and there's fog. Like, what am I supposed to think? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm an American. They raised me to show. You know. That's Big Ben. This is how you recognize London. Like, if you get... The only thing missing was, like, the eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, one of the things I... It, probably the best thing I love about this movie is the setting. The the fact that they chose to set this in Belfast mm-hmm. and amongst the problems yes. in Belfast. Um, 
and this is 1947, which is actually a pretty quiet time for Belfast. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it, it took me a while to ensure that the organization that they kept talking about was the IRA. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, like, and it really kind of wasn't. I mean, it, the IRA it, really didn't, like, be the IRA yeah, until the 60s. Yeah, it wasn't like, hey, yeah. guess what? Yeah. This is what this is. But it that was what it was. Yeah. Like, so it, the movement or the, you know. Yeah. And, but, I mean, there was... <sighs> I'm I'm going to totally fail my Irish history here, but if I remember it, like in the 1920s, there was this whole separatist thing happening. Yes. And that, you know, kind of fell apart. And then World War II happened and Belfast got blitzed a little bit by the Luftwaffe. But then after that, you know, this is like two, just a couple of years after that, it was fairly quiet in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there was still stuff it going on. It was kind on. of like a rebuilding period, I yeah. guess, for the, the city as a whole. The unrest kind of had a break. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, because, like, the war affected everybody. Right. North and not yeah. north alike. Mm-hmm. And so, like, at this point, they were regathering arms, yeah. restructuring, like, their connections, yeah. who's dead, who, who fills this spot, who fills this spot. Mm-hmm. And kind of like you know how there was kind of a quiet time with the with the Cosa Nostra. Yeah. Um. I I look at it similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. They're they're laying dormant and you know figuring out right mm-hmm. how to come back to prominence and that happened in the sixties exactly. and that's when the troubles started. So it, yeah, it's it's interesting with that setting and made in this time period prior to because I mean we're looking back on this yeah. knowing what happened from there. Yeah. It, which is just insane, but the the fact that it's just simmering there, even during this relatively quiet period, is just a very interesting setting for this movie. Well, and I find it interesting too, like the reactions of the people in, like everybody oh, yeah. knows who's on what side. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows whether you're in or not. Yeah, and most of the people are like, "Well, I don't want to get in the middle of it." Yeah, like they're not they they won't take a stand one way or the other mm-hmm. unless they're already in. Yeah, and yeah. I found that really interesting to think about. Like, and as far as you know, moral questions go at the end with, or you know, we should take him in, we shouldn't take him in. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like adding that layer on top of like we should take him in because he's IRA or we should mm. just let him go and we don't want to state our opinion one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I thought that was a really interesting um, juxtaposition. Yeah, that, and, and, the, and the, the movie is as much about the community that he's in mm-hmm. yeah. than I, I liked, about I, him, or even more about the community because yeah. it's going across these these vignettes where new characters are constantly being introduced to you Yeah, and it's just different viewpoints on this conflict through this dead man walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the comment in the bar um, yeah. mm-hmm. about, well, we should tell the police. We have to tell the police. Well, no, we can't tell the police because the the others in the organization yep. will do worse to us than the police will for obstructing. Yep. Yeah. Like we, we are better off not alerting the police. Yep. And if they find out about it going, hey, can you blame us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, and it's just so interesting, you know, him just stumbling blind into these situations where you have to figure out whether these are people who are with him or against him, whether they're going to just turn him out or, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to set him free. And he's, 
you know, just a paper bag in the wind. Basically. Well, and and the the way his story gets told in different places, because yeah. you can the the people that are really with the what would be I guess non IRA people were very much no, we have to turn him in, we can't, you know. And the kids were all like, "Yay, he's a hero! Look, we're mm-hmm. gonna recreate this mm-hmm. heist where he killed a dude." So mm-hmm. it was just very interesting that way to see the the various. Yeah, I'm talking a lot. Oh no, no, it, it, no that's good. I that's mean, good you, you have thoughts. You you have things to say. Yes, but my words will not work. <laughs> <laughs> Mister, I feel like this film had that effect on, on us. <laughs> yeah, it kind of smushed my brain. Yeah, Mister, yeah. give us a penny. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or a cigarette. Or cigarette. cigarette. Don't have a penny. Give us a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At first, ready. I thought they were asking God. him for pie, and I'm like, he doesn't have pie. <laughs> I don't know. His pockets are big. He could. It was well, I, and then I, my brain went, "What kind of pie? Like, like a pastry pie? Or like, like one a- of those Cornish pies that they'd send down to the dudes in the mine?" Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd be fine with any kind of pie. Right. I'm right. kind of hungry, actually. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah, we should do that. But, but anyways, anyway, anyway, <laughs> we gotta finish this first. Oh, Serious podcast. Stay podcasters. on target. Stay I, on target. I love the moments though, because the moments are sometimes so strange. You know, like that kid standing off to the side. Mister, give us a penny. All the other kids are screaming and and gesturing and thumping on his chest. Mister, give us a penny. Give us a penny. Mister, give us a penny. It's like me talking to my dog when my dog's (laughs) listening to me. Mister, give us a penny. Um, Or or that woman turning down the the boyfriend. uh, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I I changed my mind. I have a sty. That is the first time time I've ever heard. It's not. It's not. I have a headache. It's. I have a sty. That's so. Ugh. Wow. DJ. Oh, and the chick. She lost one of her roller skates. Yeah. I felt bad for the little girl. I'm like, oh, a little girl with one roller skate. Because ha- she had two. She Ooh. had two when she saw the dude. Because mm-hmm. she goes skating off with both. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor little girl. But at least she got her penny. Yes, she, she did. did get a penny. She did get a penny. It. <laughs> like the boys that got one penny. Amongst, well, like, I almost wondered if that was a fake out. Like if he didn't actually throw any money, he just went like this, just, and all oh, the boys went. Like you know, like I do with my dog. You know, yeah, just exactly. And he goes roaring off, and it's like, all right, not my problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How many God. times did they bandage his arm? A lot. Yeah. Okay, but I was trying to figure out. But but they, the, you know, they also bandaged the decoy arm as well. The, right. Yeah, no, no, no. The, but there was like, right. but but the two okay, ladies, the two ladies yeah. bandaged him, and then and then the. But she, she, the doctor, the doctor died for did. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know he took off his bandage when he was going into the bar. Oh, right. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but which, also, which had that lovely to... flowy bandage. Yeah. And I was yeah. trying to. That was a beautiful shot. Um, but I was trying to figure out. I'm like, okay, he got shot in the shoulder, but we keep bandaging his, his forearm. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. What? I almost wonder if you like got, if it got grazed here. Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering like, if like there was arm. another shot or something. Yeah, but I was just other like other injuries of some sort. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah, very very was weird. Very, mm-hmm. Yeah, because even when they were doing the decoy, they did it here. I'm like, he got shot in the shoulder. They well, everybody I, knows I under, that. But I understood doing it on the decoy right, so that he have the exposed right, bandage. Right. Yeah. But I was just like. What? I was also very shocked at how quickly the cohorts got dispatched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we lose Dennis, uh, the decoy. 
Mm-hmm. One guy got away. To, one did. I was I was just about You're to keep waiting for him. The, yeah. the, the driver and one of the other dudes yep. mm-hmm. got shot. They got the turned in by that, by Teresa. By that Teresa yeah. lady. And then and then the one that ran off to his mother's, we don't know what happened to him. Right. As far as we know, he, got he got just away. went to his He's mom's just house. He's hiding at his mom's and she's just like, oh my God, stay in the basement, you dumb shit. <laughs> He's told you out. not to play with He's those boys. He's hiding out in the root cellar. I always told you those boys are trouble. We'll <laughs> <laughs> go to we... church every Sunday. <laughs> okay, so I want to I want to talk about the different roles that women had. Yeah, because there was Kathleen. They were great in this film. Yeah, I know, and there was like, and they weren't just one way or the other. Yeah, they like because there was Kathleen, and then there was Granny, mm-hmm. who talked about like, oh, I was in love and I gave it up, and I still had, I was, yeah, it was still okay. And then there was Teresa, who mm-hmm. who knows what her deal was, yeah, but she was Jenner shady as hell. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she was she was like she was informing on the police, but she was also not all like yay. Police, mm-hmm. yeah, because no. she had that other gang in her room. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think I think she was running. I think it was like a gambling den or something that she was running. Yeah, but, she was just like, yeah, it's something. But she, she was trying want... to curry favor with the police by turning right. them. But in. she was also very careful. Yes, that when she was in the community, yes, the community that they didn't see did the not police. see her as a snitch. Right, yeah. because she waited and told the and she didn't even say anything. The police was just like, "I'll be inside." Yeah. And then she went and told yeah. him. Because which, so then little she boy comes out, and the neighbor she comes out and she him. goes, yep. I don't know. I just heard him start shooting. Like, I have no idea what happened. And so, of yeah. course, then it makes sense. Oh, yes, the cop would go inside to speak with her because it happened outside of her home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah. was shady. She was very, very shady. shady. She was shady, but super agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And the two women who pick him up and, yep. Yep. you know, it's like, we took nursing courses. That was so cute. No, we'll pra- we'll practice it. our skills. Yes. <laughs> Honey, you failed the test too. <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah. I took the same class as you. No, listen to me. <laughs> they were very, very adorable. But so very earnest. And I mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, and then dude comes in and he's all, I'm the master which, of which, this house. Which they knew were, was going to happen. Yeah. They were already talking about how to handle yeah, it. And then like, she's finally... You're the master. You do it. And then suddenly, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah. She's like, yeah, go ahead, master. You want to throw this dude out? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just, if he shuffles out on his own, it's not my it's not my fault, right? Like, ladies, yeah. it's not my fault. I didn't, I didn't, you saw me not throw him out, right? Mm-hmm. I even gave him brandy. We all know if you drink enough brandy, you will live forever. It, that must be just a British Isles thing. It's like a brandy is the elixir of life. I yeah, guess. It's all over Hitchcock's movies. Yeah. 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 I, I don't like brandy. I don't either. I'm not a big brandy But she's fan. a fine girl. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Nicely done. Nicely well, done. Well, well played. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting watching this movie in the context of uh, like the Third Man, yeah, which is a fascinating movie too. Because once again, I mean, once same again, director. a dude is mm-hmm. a MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah, which is such a nice turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's really dudes is MacGuffins. Yeah, <laughs> and. <laughs> well, with with Third Man, you have the brilliant turnaround in the middle where yes. the MacGuffin becomes. 
Orson Welles. <laughs> but uh, well, it's, it's but, kind but of once the again the reverse of this one. Yeah, because yeah. because at the, it, he's the protagonist at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He for sure is setting things in motion. He's like, you do this and you do this, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go and you're gonna stay, and you don't follow me because I know you like me or something. Mm-hmm. And whereas in the third man. Yeah, and then he yeah, loses he's agency. Yeah, he lo- and then uh, James Mason loses agency. The more the movie goes on, until finally he is literally being blown by the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I am nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Symbolism. Hi. Oh God. But it, but I do love him standing up and oh. giving that speech. For as weird as that yes. whole scene is, yes, I love him just standing. That low, low shot is like just act the shit out of this well, guy, Mason. And then like every Bring it. every time after that, like he always gets his hand up somehow uh-huh. for the rest of the movie. Did you guys notice mm-hmm. that? Because, like, after that, like, he can't hold on to things this way. He yeah. has to do it. Yeah. I'm making hand movements, which is great radio. Um, <laughs> like, he kind of does this Christ thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that was weird yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. A little bit, now that you mention it. But, yeah, it's just, he starts to, I think it's just part of him just losing his grip Yeah, I think it must be, because mm-hmm. he can't. I mean, he's, he stops he's, doing things in a way that makes logical sense. Yes. Yeah. Which is completely understandable given oh, the yeah. fact that he's, he's lost a lot of goddamn he's blood. He's kind of dying. Place. Yeah. He's a lot dying. Yeah, he's dying really yeah. hard. Yeah. And he, he just gets into these moments where he gets just dumped somewhere. You go, God, that's just got to suck. Because I, yeah. well, I like when he keeps falling face in the mud. Down and, in the snow? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. He's in this bathtub in a. A train yard getting snowed on and he's muddy and wet and it's like in his Ireland. God damn, that's right. gonna suck. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. His uh, last hours were not great. No, yeah. no. It's just like cold and wet. That's not good. Although no. maybe if hypothermia set in, he wasn't feeling cold. Maybe that's true. Maybe. So he could be like, you know, not cold. Yeah. Yeah. He'd not still be it, miserable, be good, but, but yeah. you know. Yeah, for his sake, I hope he just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, me yeah. too. Mm-hmm. It would make the the whole getting shot at the end less painful too. Yeah, I would hope. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, thank God, I yeah, didn't have to be cold and wet anymore. I think that's basically how it went. Yeah. <laughs> um, although going back to the bathtub scene when he finally crawls out of the bathtub and falls in the mud and gets up, I love the the shot juxtaposition where he stands up and for a moment that the oh, angel, the angel. yeah, yes, and I'm like, oh. Or, or you know, there like there was one scene where the the ministers walking through the room in the shadow is yeah cross on his back, yep. and you know, just all these kind of incidental little tiny, um, you know, religious symbolism touches. Oh, yeah. you know, in the latter half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just throughout the movie, the shot construction itself, um. There are just shots in there. They're so beautiful, you know, running through the alleyways well, and the darkness. And even darkness when they do, when they, when they, he's going through the whole um, religious speech and all the paintings move with the double yeah. exposure and mm-hmm. they all mm-hmm. become like a congregation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah the editor uh, was, I think, nominated for an Oscar. I don't think he won okay. for this movie, but he, well, he was nominated. Nominated, that was the only no- well-deserved, because yeah. like you couldn't see people moving them, but you could tell people were physically moving moving the paintings mm-hmm. to be in their spots. And I thought that was really cool. And then mm-hmm. with the father in the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, that was tough stuff to do in 1947. Yeah. yeah. And oh, and the bubbles. Yeah. The bubbles. Beer. So that was amazing. Yeah. That, that was, was fantastic. Yeah. That's like right out of Lost Weekend. You know? Yes. <laughs> that was fantastic. Cinema. Which was, I think, the year prior. Lost Weekend was 1946. I thought it was 44. No, no, I mean, mm, no you're right. 46. I, I think it was post war. We'll look at like, it. Up. Barely. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, I mean, that. Uh, Lost Weekend has uh, yes. some moments like that too. Very much, uh, very similar. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Carol Reed uh, directed the hell out of this, and uh, his cinematographer was just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful stuff. I oh, I just realized something. Mm. Most of the shots in the beginning, well, I suppose because it's daytime to midnight. Yeah, but like like the light dies yeah. more yeah. as it goes on. Yeah. And I'm just realizing how much of that or how how you could take that as a metaphor for his life going out of yeah. him. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like never and he you know, like, does he make it to dawn? No. No. No, no he doesn't. No. He doesn't make it through the night. Yeah. Yeah. Very well shot. Yeah. Very, very well shot movie. Oh, but um I was gonna say it when we were watching the shot when they're speeding through in the car, oh, yeah. Yeah. and the 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 images out the window just being so like tip on your head reminded me of um was that Rafifi that had that last car ride? Yes, yes, yes where everything's just spinning. I was like, oh my god, flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, but I, I liked that. And the, the bar fight shots. too. Yes, yep. the bar fight had mm-hmm. where there was literally, I think Robert Newton was hanging upside down. That was amazing. Yes. I was yes. like, oh, I actually squeed out loud at yes, that part. That I think was, that was just a good oh, yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah, it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Carol Reed, um, you know, aside from also directing the Third Man, he also did uh, Oliver. The music. Oh. Okay. Sure. Uh, he also did Fallen Idol, which at some point we're going to watch. Okay. And uh, <laughs> this wonderful 70 millimeter, um, you know, wide in scope film called The Agony and the Ecstasy, which <gasps> is about. <gasps> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Agony. That was him? Yeah. yeah. He, he directed The Agony and the Ecstasy, which is uh, about Michelangelo oh painting the, the Sistine Chapel. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's. And it's God, is it Charlton Heston? Yes, and, it's Charlton Heston and, and Christopher oh, Plummer. And and isn't Rex Harrington Harrison? In there? Yeah, Rex. No, Harrison? no, I, I think it's Christopher Plummer. No, 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 but I, yeah, who's the Pope? Is that Christopher? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Because right. there's two dudes yeah. that are both British and not Charlton Heston, right? But the oh my god, the undertones in that movie. Oh, <laughs> that, that is so bromance. <laughs> Romance. It, it oh. is outright gay. Oh God! It, it, is, it is amazing. The gayest of the gay. The things. subtext is it's just text. beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, yo, 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 oh see it. And, and, oh, it's, absolutely. and it's in seventy millimeter. Oh, if you get a chance oh, to see gorgeous. it with it's color. Like, oh. Okay, sorry. But anyway, so uh, yeah, Carol Reed did that among other things. He had a, a long and storied career. He's the uncle of Oliver Reed. Ah. Oh, of course. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I love Oliver Reed, but boy, uh, there's a bad boy of cinema. Uh, but <laughs> That's Carol, one way to put it. <laughs> but Carol Reed was very much revered in Britain, and uh, he was the first director to be knighted for his oh. artistic achievements in film directing. So cool. That's, you know, just... Set uh, a precedent. Yeah, a, a gentleman of stature. Yes, certainly. Wait, mm-hmm. before Hitchcock? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Carol Reed did not think much of Hitchcock as a director. Well, 
I would, yeah. Yeah, because uh, he felt that a truly great director directs can direct anything. And right. Hitchcock fo- focused on thrillers. Mm, I so, can see that. So he, Carol Reed kind of thought Hitchcock was a one-trick pony. Which it kind of was, but you know. Okay. But it but was that, a good that, trick. Yeah, yeah, it was a goddamn amazing. great trick, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, more things. Yeah. Tell us more things, <coughs> Melissa. Well, I got stuff about James Mason. How's that? Yay! I, I, I James. like Mason. Uh, born in Yorkshire. He was, you know, very, British one of the most British Brit- British actors. Uh, he originally went to Cambridge to be an architect. And while in college, he discovered acting and decided, <laughs> fuck being an architect and went off to do acting. So he uh, started working under uh, Sir Tyrone Guthrie ah. on the stage and eventually worked his way into movies. And um, his movie career was kind of like, um, you know, how I make jokes about working British actors like Michael Caine, where they just take any role that's handed to him because, you know, yep. it's a paycheck. Right. James Mason was very much indicative of that because he wanted to be in a lot of shitty movies. <laughs> but he also wanted to be in a lot of great movies. Um, when he finally kind of got ported over to American cinema, um, well, like when he was in Britain, he was kind of known for... Um, roles kind of like what we just saw where he was kind of this hard bitten protagonist or you know uh playing kind of noirish roles but you know by the time he got over to america and the americans go "Ooh, british accents are sexy we'll never be like this educated man and um so he wanted to play you know like captain nemo in Twenty Thousand Leagues under the sea for disney uh he uh possibly is best known for a star is born yeah opposite julie judy oh. garland he is amazing in that movie. Yeah, he really is. And, uh, well, he he knew Judy Garland so well that, uh, like, he delivered the eulogy at her funeral wow. when she passed away. Um, also, he, he saved um, another actor's son's life by uh, when... Uh, I saw that. Yeah. I read what, that. It was during uh, one of Judy Garland's parties. This kid fell into the pool. Oh, my God. And nobody noticed. And, but James Mason saw the kid and... Dragged the kid out. Wow. Jumped, jumped in fully clothed yep. and pulled him out of the pool. Nice. Yep. yep. So. Good on James you, James cool. Mason. Yeah. Solid dude. <laughs> also heard he yeah. got disparaged by Alistair Cook. Oh, yeah. Because, well, this was early in his career when he was yeah. still on the stage. Yeah. Who asked him, what's your major? Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to be an architect. Good. Keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't quit your day <laughs> job, man. Yeah. <laughs> Alistair Cook, man. Uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um, James Mason is also kind of uh, responsible for the fact that we can still watch Buster Keaton films today. Oh. Because uh, many, many of Buster Keaton's films are considered lost until James Mason remodeled his house in 1952 and found a whole bunch of reels of film of Buster Keaton. And he realized what they were when he checked them out. It's like, this stuff is... This doesn't exist anywhere else. So uh, he was responsible for preserving the films and uh, making sure that we can enjoy Buster Keaton's work today. Yay! Wow. Yeah. He just like forgot he had these random amazing things. No, well, he, I don't know. I mean, well, he he bought Buster Keaton's house. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So oh, the house I missed he was, that part. No, no, sorry. Yeah, but, house, he, but he was also a collector. But, yeah. So. But the house he was remodeling was Buster Keaton's. Oh, so it was okay. found that during the remodel. makes way more sense. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I've, I've thought that a little more context to flesh out that would, would make you. some sense. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Very I'm good, sure. Very I'm good. sure some other listener at home was sitting there as confused as <laughs> you like 
wait, what? <laughs> like, they were just buying a bunch house. of shit. They were just like, in the- put it in a corner. Well, Come I mean, on. That I does mean, happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people do do that. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, well, some of these are $5 movies and some of these are like yeah, yeah. original copies of the Sierra Madre or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he went to a neighbor's uh, garage sale yeah. and bought a bulb, you know, bought an old trunk and it was filled with the film. No, it would. Yeah. I've got it this Artanis fun. painting. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> uh, let's see. What else? Um, he also is responsible for Sam Neill's career. because Really? He knew Sam Neill and, uh, you know, thought he was talented and wound up maneuvering Sam Neill's first film role. So. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for so, that, bud. All right. Uh, he was at one point going to be James Bond. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because there was going to be, I think it was a made-for-TV from Russia with love of from Russia right. with love prior to the uh, the broccoli Eon series yep. of films, and uh, that never wound up happening. And then when they were casting Doctor No, James Mason was on the short list, but John Connery got the job. He did turn down Moonraker, however. He did. He was going to be. Like, so he does turn yeah. down some roles. <laughs> well, he did. Yeah. 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 But that was Moonraker, man. I know. Hey, hey. Pew pew in space. <laughs> pew pew in space. That's true. Uh, Moonraker is more fun than uh, it really should be. Really. Really. I that's, say good. That's, yeah, that is really the kindest thing I feel that I can say about that film is it's a lot more fun than it should be. Yes. Yes, that's very true. Very and, 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 and you can phrase that so many ways, and they're all true. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. So, um, James Mason was uh, would have married... improved Moonraker though, vastly. Indeed, yeah, I agree. Shit, I like James Mason. It makes me sad now. <laughs> we oh, should we should talk to Eddie Izzard, who has an amazing James there Mason impression. There we go, and make Eddie Izzard record. Like just James dub it over there in Moonraker. Yes, and just dub that over. I like yeah, this. Just dub it over. Let's just put it on the internet, dear Eddie Izzard. <laughs> please do this thing for us, please. Three podcasters from the internet <laughs> before you get elected to office. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If Sorry. he does get elected to office, yeah. can he do all of his duties as James Mason? Oh, <gasps> wouldn't that be great? That would be pretty. Okay, great. I'm starting an online petition. Okay, <laughs> okay, change.org. <laughs> <laughs> does that work outside of the United States? I don't. Know. It does now. All right, <laughs> we're on it. We're on. There's it. only one way to find out. <laughs> <sighs> so the one other piece of trivia I have about James Mason is that. Um, uh, he used to live with a married couple uh, named uh, Pamela Kileno and her husband Roy, and eventually he, he James Mason married Pamela. Yeah, and but after that marriage, Roy still lived with them. So, oh, sweet, oh. that's an arrangement. But uh, at at some point, also he and Pamela, like James Mason and Pamela, uh, wrote a book about cats. <laughs> wrote a book about cats. Yeah. I have to go to my library now. Yeah, I know, right? There's just they liked cats, so they they wrote a book about cats together. I feel like it's symbolic of like early internet culture right there. Yeah. Like moved in with a lady and her husband, became lady's new husband, wrote a book about cats. Yes. While still living with old while, husband. Yes. While still yes. living with old husband. I I Okay. Okay. All right then. Good on you, James Mason. Yeah, like, as long as everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. All consenting adults. No, that's cats. cool. That's cool. 
I'm more confused about the writing books about cats. I can understand the relationship. The well, cat yeah. thing. I, it, uh, the cat book is just like, really? That's the part that confuses see, me. See, I want it I want it to be like a flighty like lolcat kind of book where yeah, like that's... The Adventures of Samson, the the white-tailed Siberian kitty cat. Yeah, yeah, something like As that. As opposed to like you can't eat a whole jar of peanut butter, Samson. <laughs> Something like that. That would be awesome. Or, I, or like uh, Sharon Steitler's uh, Disapproving Rabbits. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's probably not, though. <laughs> it's probably oh. very earnest, yeah, it's which probably actually like- makes it better. True. Oh, I can yeah. read it in his voice in my head. There you go. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Oh, let's see. What else do I know about James Mason? Uh, he died in 1984 of a heart attack. Hmm. He was living in Switzerland at the time. and uh, just That's over. not a tragic death, Melissa. It's not. It's Come not on. tragic enough. I know. No, you I need know. more tragedy. I know. It I wasn't know. even his first heart attack, was it? I don't think so. I think he I mean everybody had one or two, but yeah, everybody had multiple heart attacks back then. Yes, yes. <laughs> you didn't nip that shit in the butt at that time. You just went, well, the first one didn't kill me. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'll just <laughs> hang on. I've got brandy for this. <laughs> I got brandy and a pack of cigarettes. It's fine. It's yes. fine. Yep, we'll be good. <laughs> I'll just hang out in this sauna for a while. I will live forever. <laughs> Give me some bacon. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think that's about all I've got. Um, Oh, the last thing I do have is that Odd Man Out was the first film to win, first British film to win Best Movie from BAFTA. Oh! BAFTA being the the British equivalent of the... Is it British or European? It's British. Okay. I think that's the B in BAFTA. England specific or UK specific? Because they're different. They are different. It's true. They are different. That's something we'll have to research because I don't know off the top of my head if they're what they all encompass now and historically. To the Googles. Yes. (laughs) But Uh, not right now. But not right now. (laughs) We're still talking to our Just pause. It's fine. (laughs) Popcorn. We're going to Google some shit. No. (laughs) No, no, no. So, ladies, do we have anything else to say about Odd Man Out? Um... I have to go read that Bible verse because I think he changed it at the end. Oh, probably. Like, I don't know if that I am nothing part Mm. is actually in the Bible part. Maybe depending upon which translation you read. That is true because those change. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference between Catholic and Protestant? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's like about 15 different English Protestant Bibles. Mm, not okay. to mention different I mean there's there's a lot of Bibles well I know that yes. I know that and, and to me it's just like all it's like a big gray box I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know does, does it open and then the house starts on fire and you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Oh, that callback call is never gonna die callback and it never ever, will it, ever. It, it may it never never ever die <laughs> It, it, it may, may, it may it consume brandy and never die. <laughs> it might have a half-life. <laughs> oh, I can't top that. I have no final thoughts. All right, we got to be done after All right, that. I, I feel like that's spiking That the was good. Yes. Okay, okay. yes. So, dear listeners, please join us in a couple weeks. We are going to embark upon a movie called The Long Good Friday. Ooh. So we're staying with the British. Yay! Yay! So a newer film with noir elements. 
I personally have never seen it. I presume you no. guys have never nope. seen it. Awesome. We are going in on this together. Awesome. So, dear listeners, track down Long Good Friday. It might take you a little while to find it. It's a little hard to come by, but it is in the Criterion Collection, so it is possible. Yes. Okay. So, I've been Melissa, and... I've been Allie. And... Tanya! Woohoo! And we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye! Bye-bye! We hope you enjoy our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a noir education. Thank you for joining us for a real education noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. You can find our podcasts and social media feeds on our website at realedunoir.com. Special thanks to Tim Wick, Jeffrey Brown, and Chad Dutton for our theme music. If you like our show, you might also like our parent podcast, A Real Education, which discusses all genres of film. You can find it on the web at realedu.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity,